This episode brought to you by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Guess what? I'm coming to Dublin. Come see me in Ireland at Vatican, March 25th to the 26th. And the weekend right after that, you can see me in Chicago at C2E2, March 31st to April 2nd. Hope to see you there. Walter! Did you see we're mourning the dead? What? What are you talking about? Davy Jones has been taken down. Oh. Maybe we finally beat the ink out of old Squidface? No. It means the dead float aimlessly through dark waters. Poor souls. I feel so sorry for them. So we're gonna fight them like those skeleton pirates? Grow up! Walter! What do you think this is? A Disney ride? Yes! No! No! This is Pirates of the Caribbean! Serious shit! There's the father of one of the main characters. He was hanged because he heard too much information. And there's a little boy. He was hanged because he helped some random pirates out. Jesus, we're hanging kids now too? We opened the movie with it, Walter! I thought we would open the movie with fighting the Kraken or something. No, he's dead too. Wow, this all seems very different from before. What are you talking about, Walter? This was all planned from the beginning! From the development of the ride... To the green lighting of the first movie, everything was building up to Pirates of the Caribbean being the most dramatic thing ever made! So toughen up, Walter! It's a pirate's life for us. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It's about the cruelty of mankind. Aye! The slaughter of innocents. Aye! The death of children. Aye! The auctioning of women. Whoa! Whoa! Mr. Psychopath over here. But I... Walter, I thought I knew you. But I thought we Get were... Get out of here, man. I can't even look at you. Sheesh, just talk about hanging kids and he had to go and make it weird. What does he think we are, pirates or something? Oh, hey, there's Tamara's role this week before she got sick. Finally come to it, what many consider the worst of the Pirates films, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Originally meant to end the Pirates trilogy, the film became the most expensive movie ever made at that point, and clocked in at 2 hours and 50 minutes. Not that the Pirate movies have been particularly short, but the film suddenly decided it wanted to be heavy and serious, almost like it wanted to take that Pirates changing back at the end of the first film and milk it for all it's worth but that moment felt appropriately built up. This film started without a finished script. And brother, does it show. So many things set up in the first film and even the second film are either dropped or drastically altered. This wouldn't be too bad if the movie still had some laughs, but because somebody decided we want to be Schindler's List for some reason, the film takes itself way too seriously. It was panned by critics, not particularly liked by audiences, and often serves as a punchline for unbearable sequels to sit through. So, is it as bad as all that? Uh, yeah. But let's take a look at why. Because the Pirates films have always been about government control to abuse those in need. Okay, I think I got it, we- WRONG! This is Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Ah, uh, there's that Disney logo that shows we're in for an enchanted hanging. Yeah, it doesn't even ease you into it. It dives right into its own self-important ass with anyone who ever has been or ever helped pirates in the past being hanged, including civilians, women, and like mentioned before, even children. 
Don't worry, we'll get you a booster seat for your neck breaking. What the hell am I watching? Look, if they wanted to make this heavier or darker, fair enough. A lot of things we thought would stay light have gotten heavier over the years. This is like going from Ghostbusters 1 and 2 to opening the third one like Sophie's Choice. Does the ending of the last one really match the opening of this one? I got a jar of dirt, I got a jar of dirt, and guess what's inside it? Ah, like two perfectly fitted puzzle pieces from two entirely different puzzles. Start singing the pirate song, which is apparently what our new head villain Beckett was hoping for. Look at them all through the darkness I'm bringing. They're not sad at all, they're actually singing. Cut to Singapore, where we see Elizabeth and the resurrected Barbosa are trying to meet with one of the pirate lords. Your masters expected us, and an unexpected death had cast a slight pall on our meeting. Is she getting turned on? <laughs> Yeah, many of the characters in this are quite different from the last film, too. Like, Elizabeth was always good at using her brains, and in between films, she learned sword fighting from Will. Okay, cool. But in this one, she acts like she was always a bloodthirsty pirate, and it makes no sense. That's disgusting! So they talk to Captain Sao Feng, played by Chow Yun-Fat, who's trying to give this character some personality with... I don't know, waving his hands weird. Can you blame him? They gave this guy no character traits. You have a request to make of me. I find myself in need of a ship and a crew. And a plot that'd be helpful. Oh wait, I'm being told we actually have too much plot. Oh, would you mind taking some of ours? A thief tried to make off with these. He says a thief tried to break in earlier to steal his navigation of charts, and no surprise, he thinks he's connected to them. Oh, that didn't help, did it? Actually, that is kind of what happens as she reacts when they threaten to kill him. He has no further need for it. <laughs> Aha! Gotcha! Nobody would gasp at losing Orlando Bloom at the most they would muster in. Eh. We waste ten minutes here until something finally happens. Yeah, get used to me saying that could have been good. As it looks like they were followed by soldiers. An animatronic from the ride? Don't forget to check out our gift shop. They escape with the map, which is said to take them to World's End, where they can get Jack back. Oh. Oh. I'll give him credit. With PG meaning pretty much nothing nowadays, this is the most RPG 13 I've seen from this company. We see that Davy Jones is now being controlled by Beckett, who will destroy his heart if he doesn't do as he commands. This is similar to Bane being second banana to someone else. If the villain they're working for isn't as interesting, it simply isn't fun. It's nothing personal, Jack. It's just good business. They really try to make Beckett the big bad guy in this as he wants to destroy all pirates, and he's just not written or acted in that enjoyable way. Maybe if he was a charming stuffed shirt like Belloc or Donovan, or even comically annoying like Joffrey or Prince John, I could get behind that but I ironically end up hating this guy because he's not fun to hate. He's just boring. Davy Jones was cool, he had an awesome backstory and design, he had a neat way of talking. This guy just acts like that kid who brags about how he got to play the newest video game first. This ship do as directed. And yet here you are. Captain is to sail it as commanded. You're mad. The immaterial has become immaterial. I got the new Grand Theft Auto before you did. Don't worry, though. The amazing charm of Will and Elizabeth will once again entrance you. How long do we continue not talking? 
Once we rescue Jack, everything will be fine. Then we rescue Jack. Trust me, a lot of people are hoping that's true. They find themselves tossed over a waterfall that leads to random audio from the ride. Okay, that is the laziest way yet to tie this all back to the source material. In the first film, it was like four callbacks. In the second one, maybe two. I bet you anything at the last minute they were like, oh shit, we have nothing from the ride. Quick, Harry, record the ride audio on your phone and we'll just put it in the movie somewhere. And a mere half hour in, we're finally given our intro of Jack, which once again is pretty memorable. Step lively, have a will. Okay, so I do legit like that Jack's punishment in Davy Jones' locker is being surrounded by other versions of him. I'm not sure if this is his unique punishment or if he just went mad and seeing things or whatever, but it's fitting. Even if sometimes it does go a little too abstract. Yeah, why do I get the feeling the Gore Verbinski that directed this would have said yes to Jack's artificial nose in the first movie? Don't ask your parents what that means, kids. If you haven't already left the theater crying. Or fell asleep. Yeah, again, this scene's like eight minutes long. It's like being stuck in the world's most abstract escape room. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I mean, what, are we supposed to wait for rocks to start walking? Even they want to get the hell out of this scene. Tia gives new meaning to the term I got crabs as she has the creatures bring them the pearl and Jack. Jack, however, is reluctant to go back after Elizabeth killed him off. Four of you have tried to kill me in the past. One of you succeeded. Oh, she's not told you. Ah, so you haven't told them your little secret. This apparently makes Will even more angry, which... Wouldn't he be happy after that? He thought she liked him and she ended up killing him. Isn't that a good thing? Nope, we have to have a pointless rift between them, so now he's angry that she lied to him. He chose not to tell me. It wasn't your burden to bear. But I did bear it, didn't I? I've seen couples argue over rom-coms that tested their relationships more than this. This should be in the care of David Jones. Even Tia seems different. Like, remember in the first film how much fun she was? She was cracking dark jokes, flirting, and celebrating what a twisted world we live in. Now she's a total wet blanket. Like, everything she says has to be so goddamn serious. There is a cost must be paid in the end. The worst theater person can bring Panimse to be with she who love him, truly. Do not forget it was by my power to obtain this single form. Like someone who hears a joke about the Titanic and reminds you, Oh, people died. Never forget the rapping dog. But we can pretend to depress you even more as hundreds of souls pass through the haunted shores because Davy Jones isn't there to guide them. One of them being Elizabeth's father. Father! Elizabeth! Take the line! No thanks, I think I'm happier out of these movies. In all seriousness, Price does play this very well. I legit believe he's lost in between worlds and all of that really is from his acting. Are you gay? I think I am. Well, maybe it's an extension of my mental breakdown substituting a kind of reality in place of a bureaucratic nightmare. Either way, it's confusing. I learned that if you stab the heart, yours must take its place. They're told that whoever stabs Davy Jones's heart will have to replace it with their own heart and become captain. Jack mulls it over and, oh, given this, this is a creative way to do exposition. The Dutchman must have a captain. Well, that's even more than less than unhelpful. Sail the seas for eternity. 
The sequel to Inside Out is a little bit more loaded than I thought it would be. They finally figure out the way back is to capsize the ship before the green flash at sundown takes place. And okay, I know this is basically a cartoon, but how the hell did they tie themselves like that? Howie! What a predicament! The guns don't work, and they try to figure out what steps to take next. Along the way, they see that Davy Jones was forced to put his bet down. It's okay, he told him about the rabbit shrimp before he did. Oh yeah. They're captured, though, by Captain Sal Fang, who made a deal with Beckett and also a deal with Turner, creating, oh no, an even bigger rift between him and Elizabeth. I need the pearl to free my father. Oh right, an hour in and I forgot he was even a character. Hell, I think they forgot even the reason they were getting Jack. In the last movie, it was because they missed him. They traveled to the end of the world for him. They were freaking crying over him. Will you sail to the ends of the earth? Aye. 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 Yes. Now suddenly it's because the pirate song is sung and they have to save everyone else. They apparently didn't even like him. Did no one come to save me just because they missed me? The monkey's the most consistent character in all the movies. They're sent to Beckett and Jack has a conversation with him that lasts six minutes. Now it doesn't sound too long, but when it's nothing but confusing plot exposition, you start to feel like one of those brain-dead souls in those rowboats. The belligerent homunculus and his friend with the wooden eye. The black pearl was to be mine. That's all it was. Exchange for fair compensation. Where my debt with Jones? Lord Beckett's not going to give up the only ship as can outrun the Dutchman. The rest go with me aboard the pearl and I'll lead you to shipwreck. Elizabeth is not part of anybody. Out of the question. What's not the question? With me killed, you'd arrive at the cove. Then we have an accord. Find it a stronghold nigh impregnable. Seriously, it's almost like we're watching the writers trying to figure out what the hell is supposed to happen next. I want to hear the guy from Life of Brian say, Oh, I'm making it up as I go! So like five deals are made, including one where Elizabeth basically gives herself to this captain because it'll piss off Will. Done. They are pirates. I have had more than enough experience dealing with pirates. Yeah, you got your priorities straight. And Sparrow escapes, agreeing to be a spy for Beckett. And at an hour 15, the entire running time of many decent adventures, not including the credits, we're not even at the halfway point yet. Well, screw it. I need a moment to process a very important question. Why is rum gone? You know damn well why it's gone watching this. In today's Living Art Exhibit, we have an example of man shocked by how much he saved using honey. Just look at how deep he is in thought, contemplating how much he saved. There now appears to be a cat in this Living Art Exhibit, but he is not letting that get in the way. And he is doing a very poor job of that. Perhaps he is thinking, how do you feel when you find a deal? Do you feel smart? Lucky? Excited? He no doubt feels surprised when he gets a deal. Like he's receiving a treat for free. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. The exhibit continues to pretend the cat is not a threat to his sponsorship, and acts like nothing is wrong, even though everything is wrong. He is no doubt thinking Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. The man is now trying to stop the cat from rubbing up against the tripod, again, very poorly. This is riveting. He is also clearly thinking how much money he saved on a tablet recently, going from $149 to just $99.
He is amazed and delighted at how much he saved and how easy it was to use. Unlike his cat, who he is still trying to keep from his camera tripod. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and save on the go. This is the man realizing the cat is funny and trying to get him back into the sponsorship. To no avail. Yes, very smooth. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a salad and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash nostalgia. That's joinhoney.com slash nostalgia. This is the man pretending that the cat likes him even though he wants nothing more than to get away. This exhibit was an embarrassment, but Honey is not. Go now and be glad. Doug plays Arkham Asylum for the first time ever every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. Awesome store is back open. For real this time! Yeah, sorry, some behind the scenes stuff delayed it a little bit, but it's open now and you can get DVDs, prints, and more. So go and check it out. So Elizabeth is at the hands of Captain Sao Fang as he, for some reason, confuses her for the goddess Calypso. And you will be free, Calypso. Now, don't get me wrong, Calypso is in this movie and she's Tia, because of course she is. But what makes him think this random woman he stumbles across is her? And what to the better now, Calypso? Maybe I missed something, but in a film that's three hours of explaining pointless side quests, could you blame me? I will take your fury. Yeah, how's that plan on showing Will up? This is like Peach showing up Mario by going to a dragon convention and then being shocked when something bad happens. <laughs> They're attacked though by the Dutchman as his final request is that Elizabeth take over as captain. You are captain now. Go my place. Wow, you're making Kirk's rise to captain in 2009 Star Trek look pretty coherent compared to this. Elizabeth. <laughs> She's reunited with Norrington. Want to make out on trying to get back at Will. As well as Bootstrap Bill. You know my name. Yes, I know your son. I swear you look just like him. So much friggin' stuff happens and doesn't happen in the next 15 minutes. It's enough to make you envious of the people in the opening. Will sends breadcrumbs of dead men to Beckett. Sparrow kicks him off. Norrington frees Elizabeth. Bootstrap Bill goes nuts and kills Norrington. Will reaches Beckett. He says he can lead him to the pirates. The pirate lords meet up and talk for another 15 minutes on top of the other 15 minutes of mindless talk we just had. Christ, maybe there was humor in all this because the other films went back and forth a lot too, but they mixed it up with good jokes and surreal visuals. There aren't nearly as many jokes in this, yeah, weird in a movie that starts by hanging a kid. And the visuals are so drab and boring. I feel like if the color palette of the Matrix could puke, this whole film would be its vomit. Also, the other films kept adding stuff, new characters and creatures and so forth. Here we have the Pirate Lords, but honestly they don't do much. They look cool, I want to know more about them, but they just kind of scream at each other and that's it. This is madness. This is politics. No, it's not true. At the center is a guy who barely knows where he is half the time. Well, they have this guy talk funny and pretend they built up what his voice would sound like. They didn't, but whatever. And they even have Keith Richards. Holy shit, the guy Jack Sparrow was based off of is playing his father and they do nothing with him. He's just there. Actually, no, him just being 
thing there would be funny, like a walk-by cameo or something. But instead, they give him these empty lines that somehow leave less of an impact than if he had no lines. Code is the law. You're in my way, boy. C tells me. My boss is right. Unlikely. Granted, I do dig this line. It's not just about living forever. The trick is living with yourself forever. All right, that's not bad. Now get over here! <laughs> The only scene that kind of works is between Davy Jones and Tia, who's been revealed as Calypso. Maybe it's because these two actors are so odd and talk in such over-the-top ways, but for the short time they have, I do legit believe their bizarre romance together. Honestly, I kind of wish they had their own movie. Would you love me if I was anything but what I am? My heart will always belong to you. Also, there is something funny about Bill Nye finally being able to show his real face, and it's still covered in so much other shit you can't recognize him. I think Lorenzo Music showed his face more as Garfield than Nye is Davy Jones. You be the cur that led these wolves to our door. This leads to, you guessed it, more people meeting up and just talking. As Beckett and the pirates make a switch between Jack and Will. Jones can't touch dry land for 10 years at a time, and as much as this movie is overwritten, goddammit, couldn't they show how they got Davy Jones in that bucket there? Did they carry him in the bucket? Did they put the bucket on land? He had to make a big jump into the bucket? Did he nudge the bucket with the weight of his feet to move it? This film needs more humor, and I would have laughed my ass off at this. Do you feel dead? I think he fears a lot of things coming in the future. Pirate's plan is to release Calypso from her human bond and ask for help. Someone must speak the words, Calypso, I release you from your human bond. It must be spoken as if to a lover. And seeing how I look like a half-burned Captain Crunch, obviously it'll be coming from me. He didn't say it right. But wouldn't I, Pirate says it the right way because... He apparently had the hots for her? I don't know, this film focuses on stuff it doesn't need to and ignores all the stuff it shouldn't. Causing her to grow in size. Honestly, a pretty decent effect. Calypso! We kneel before your giant cooch. Uh, should I be censoring half these words? I think a lot of these are YouTube no-nos now. She gets a bad case of the crabs again, and they think she abandoned them. But Elizabeth, now totally a pirate captain, guys, gives an encouraging speech to rally the troops that I don't believe they get behind for one minute. You will listen to me. Listen! They will hear the ring of our swords and they will know what we can do! Okay, so she's not half-assing it. You can tell she's putting in the effort. But she's just not convincing. They will see free men! And freedom! I've only seen this pirate lord for a few minutes and I completely believe that's a pirate captain over Elizabeth. Gentlemen, hoist the colors. <laughs> Again, if she was calculating and cunning like before, or maybe even just an honest sword fighter whose humble honesty wins them over, I'd buy that. But screaming when you put your hand in a pile of goo that used to be your best friend's face? I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> the speech works, though, is the massive army of pirate lords and the massive army of British Navy line themselves up to watch just two ships duke it out. Right? They were building up this giant, epic battle. Everyone needs to get involved, and it's just two ships spinning around like they're in a potty. Dude, even if you just said the other ships were fighting while these two were spinning around, I don't even need to see it. I just need to know what's happening, and they're not just sitting there like people who have money on an internet boxer. Why the hell did all these people show up? Okay, 
The only one who does anything is Calypso, who I guess is causing the storm in Whirlpool, but I don't know, why couldn't she just lightning strike all the ships herself then? Normally I wouldn't care that much, but because you spent literally hours over explaining everything, I want every goddamn T crossed and every I dotted. That was complete gibberish. Rush just wanted to see if anyone would call him out on it. Meanwhile, with Jack. I'm not even gonna bother. But he does break free and gets a hold of Jones's heart. You want to know one of the signs you're watching a bad pirate movie when you're two hours in and you get to your first sword fight. Think about that. There's scenes where they have swords, even an occasional moment where if you blink you miss someone getting stabbed. But this is the first time we see what most people would qualify as an actual sword fight. That's like having a Star Wars movie and nobody fires a laser until three minutes before the end credits. There's just some goddamn unwritten rules. Will you marry me? moment, Will and Elizabeth had Barbosa marry them because, yeah, they've really shown through the majority of this film that they're gonna work. Dearly beloved, we be gathered here Hey, remember when this movie started with a little boy getting hanged? Now it's shenanigans! And you know what? Originally, I didn't like this climax. It felt too one note and didn't give the gigantic battle was promising. But by God, there's life and humor to it. The stunts are creative and silly, the momentum keeps your adrenaline up. I even love how Davy Jones in all the over-explained confusion has to remember if he has the key to the chest. You can do nothing without the key! I already have the key! No you don't. I love that, like even he had to think, wait, did we film that? <laughs> Jack does grab the key, but Will gets stabbed. And in order to save him, he forces Will's hand to stab Jones's heart. Hold on! Okay, I know this is supposed to be a silly pirates movie, but I just look at that thinking, G.I. Joe, parachute set! Shouting Captain Swan, not included. The Dutchman arises with Will as their captain, and they take out Beckett's ship. So while this death scene is a lot of fun and hilariously over the top, I'm sorry, it's way too cool a death for this character. This guy has done so much nothing and I don't feel any satisfaction when he gets his comeuppance. Imagine Billy Zane from Titanic or DiCaprio from Django Unchained. There's like a million other snobs I would love to see this death for and it's wasted on this schmuck. Makes as much sense as cheering for not doing a goddamn thing. Well, we got the rest of our lives together. Wanna hear some dad jokes? Barbosa steals the Black Pearl again, but Jack steals his map to the Fountain of Youth. And I do like he returns basically back to the same scenario as he started with in these movies. With that said, it looks like Turner is now the captain of the Dutchman, and he can't set foot on land for ten years. Oh, I guess he's gonna recruit Elizabeth to be on the crew. Nah, she's good. Just a bang zoom, thank you, Bloom, and she's off to live her life. Will she often join him at sea, seeing how she's a pirate lord and all? Well, actually, the end credit scene shows she got pregnant. I don't think she stayed captain after all that, but that could be wrong. However, a fan theory suggests that when Will comes back ten years later, the curse will be lifted. Bar some dialogue that was mentioned earlier. But in another film, they show he's still cursed at sea. So yeah, this ending's pretty lame. So much better than how they ended the first time. Oh, I mean how part one of this clearly planned out trilogy began. Yeah, they had no idea what they were doing. I know a lot of films are like that, having to make up shit as they go, but it really shows with this flick. And I wouldn't 
mind the sudden tone change, the decreasing of jokes, the flip-flopping characters, if it just wasn't so damn long. The overriding is out of control, and yes, there is an occasional joke to help break it up, but okay, what was the first film about? Pirates trying to break a curse. What's the second film about? It gets a little more complicated, but basically Jack trying to escape Jamie Jones. I, for the life of me, cannot tell you what this is about. Aside from an hour and a half too long. For the most expensive film at the time, there's too much cartoony CG. For the end of a trilogy, it never feels like it was planned out. And for what was supposed to be a lighthearted series with an edge, transformed into a complicated bore fest. It's not the worst sequel ever made or anything, but it's definitely some really bad eggs. And that's about it for Pirates Month. Stay scurvy, mates. And until next time, drink up me hearties, you hoo! Wait, we still got like two more movies. What? Oh, that's right, they did make more. No, no, that can't be right, let me see. Oh shit, they did make two more movies. They're the ones everyone forgets about. Whatever, Tamara will be playing my part then. What are they even called? There's one called Secret of the Ooze? We're still doing cameos for charity, and this month we're doing the Kennedy Krieger Institute. Kennedy Krieger Institute is internationally recognized for improving the lives of tens of thousands of children, adolescents, and adults with neurological, rehabilitative, or developmental needs. They do this through inpatient and day hospital programs, outpatient clinics, home and community services, education, and research. It's an amazing organization, and you can help them out. If you want a cameo from me saying happy birthday, good luck, or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. If you're like, nah man, I don't want a cameo from you, you suck. Well, consider checking out this organization anyway because it really is a great place with great people. Take a look at all the various ways you can help out.